Hello! Hey! Hi! Greetings! Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Amory Score. This is what that is, the Amory Score. <laughs> it's the Amory Score. I am Jackson, I am joined by Molly. Hi! Hello, and we are here to explain to you the plot of the Amory Wars, which is the lore behind the songs of Coheed and Cambria. It is some hot, hot, hot nonsense, and we are here today to really begin the plot of in keeping secrets of silent earth three uh the first issue of the comic we talked about last week this has been uh our first episode that we've like taken two weeks off between them this is so that we uh can cover there's a comic currently releasing that on our current schedule we would have overshot it's like naruto uh so <laughs> we need <laughs> what just like naruto is just, just like naruto total tip that's naruto <laughs> so oh, <laughs> we have okay. switched the schedule up what this means is the episodes might be a little bit more a little bit longer a little bit more in depth to make up for the fact that we give you two weeks between your uh dose of bullshit this one is going to be particularly long just because it a lot a lot happens these comics are structured such that this the first song takes about four issues <laughs> it's really buck wild because like the first two issues just lead up to the meat of this song uh and then you do the song and for a while jackson and i were like messaging each other like when does this fucking start where is (laughs) where's the content we could not find the content but uh for after a bit of decoding I have broken the comic down. We have <laughs> looked at it. We have decided on a plan that gives us... It's up and down. Some episodes will be longer than others, but we have a structure. We have a, a mission. We are going to follow it through and explain to you what happens. Uh, last time, how did we begin? We did, what, is our, what is our opening? I know what our opening is. You know our opening? Yeah. Well, I mean, like last time it was a okay, coheed had killed his children, but this time it is uh, Claudia has talked to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Uh, the first important thing to remember is that all of the story is portrayed as Claudio telling it to a dog Apollo. Uh, yes. So just keep that in mind throughout this entire comic. Uh, I'm going to mention it every episode because it's my favorite <laughs> thing. Um, but the the stage as we set it, we're going to be looking at uh, Jesse today. We're going to be looking yes, at him is- specifically. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Wilhelm Ryan and about Mayo Duftenwolf. Uh, by the way, shout out to everybody uh, <laughs> for this crazy Splatoon nonsense. Uh, thank yes. you, everybody, repping fucking we are, Mayo. We are recording this at the end of the Splatoon Spat Fest. Mayo won, so Mayo shout did out win. to Duftenwolf. Thank you, everybody, for supporting us and supporting Mayo himself. Uh, I need Mayo.com answers your prayers. <laughs> okay uh but but uh as we know jesse and the grail arbor have gone into hiding uh since the events of the second stage turbine blade and he is growing irobots which are uh just biological half bio half robot people uh who kind of have special powers which may not have been said before but it's just something to know because we're going to get into that today um and as we know now ryan is still in charge of the heaven's fence uh, and he has kind of felt like he quelled this revolution for a while, but knows that the resistance is still building back up. Uh, we were told last week that he is, in fact, more deserving of an ass-kicking than anyone else in the universe. Than anyone else in the universe. Anyone else. And so this week, we open 
on Claudio sat next, well, lying next to Apollo, who has sat there bemused uh, on uh, Nua Ikin's lawn, asking Apollo this. Do dogs have monsters, Apollo? Do you have creatures, either two or four-legged, that stick in your dreams? And what of gods? Do you worship some supreme being? <laughs> Does one of your kind ever aspire to rule a, a rule above the rest of you, to overthrow the god of dogs, whatever that may be? No, of course not. It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Claudia, my man. Peter David, my dude. <laughs> Peter David. What yeah. indeed? <laughs> Two what? writers. <laughs> Two writers. I just feel like we need to point that one out again. And then, then just describe the. Ne- I know we're spending a lot of time on the first page for a comic that's going to take us fucking forever to get through, but the next three panels. I need. I need to know what happens now. Uh, so now, uh, Claudio goes on. By this point. Wilhelm Ryan's name is practically hardwired into humanity's consciousness. Just speaking it aloud causes an inner spasm of fear. Same. But I say Wilhelm Ryan to you, and it doesn't mean a thing. Right, boy? And the dog whines, and he goes, Are you okay, Apollo? What's wrong? Something got you spooked? And we zoom in on the dog's <laughs> eye, where there is now a picture of Wilhelm Ryan. And his face just like... <laughs> he looks... <laughs> looks like he just ate like a piece of burnt popcorn and he's mad about it he's just a grumpy man uh but um in in seeing ryan we now cut to him on his throne uh in front of like his palace is wild first of all uh you mean house atlantic house atlantic yes excuse me house atlantic (laughs) is pretty wild um, or at least his room is. There's like pillars with these blue orbs on top of them, uh, and there's just some fire in there. For you know, it, it's actually a pretty cool page. It's a splash page. Uh, there's too much dialogue on it that doesn't need to be there because the dialogue's like, hmm, could it be that the mere mention of Ryan filled you with as much dread as it would a human? It seems a ridiculous idea, but then when it comes to Wilhelm Ryan, nothing is impossible. Yeah, <laughs> things Wilhelm Ryan has done imprinted himself onto the fear of dogs <laughs> even dogs quake at the name Wilhelm Ryan but this comic is very gross uh, the faces but in this like wide shot this uh the house Atlantic like throne room it looks cool I'm pro this page yes, yes. I, I think that the um environments are pretty good they're pretty okay but as soon as they start drawing people it gets rough. Yeah, and so he's he's talking with Mayo. Mayo's there, bowing his head, like, "Um, you needed me." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and Ryan goes on for like three pages, like, "Oh, why is this rebellion still out there? We must crush the rebellion. The rebellion. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he informs Mayo that they have been found, uh, or something has been found. Yeah, somebody There's- walks into the room and says, "Hey, we found a." <laughs> A fluctuation of energy on Donar uh, and Mayo's like oh Donar the storm planet uh, and the other guy says it's particularly interesting because usually the atmosphere of that planet is it, it's just impossible to detect anything uh, and the weird thing is that it's key work energy uh, and meanwhile Ryan had just been complaining that he had not found the prize and that he needed key work energy to finish the project at House Atlantic uh, so fortunately enough we just found some uh, because the prize are 
basically made of keywork energy from what we understand uh so now uh we cut over to uh people who look more regular than everybody in the other scene we're cutting over to the grail arbor uh where we see chase uh who is the little girl that jesse denied uh the growth hormones uh and we see her behind a two-way mirror uh, and we also are introduced to Sizer, who is her, uh, air quotes, brother. Um, I, I'll tell you, Jackson, can you clear this up for me? Because I'm not sure. Are all of the iRobots built from Jesse's DNA, or is it just these two? Just these two. It's just these two. Okay. Because Jesse's uh, an iRobot. Like, Jesse can't be built from Jesse's DNA. Right. It's just... I think, I'm fairly sure they're all, like, built from uh, Hornberger's DNA at the start. But... Okay we'll get like this is covered there's a whole novel we have to read about the creation of the irobots one day yeah yeah i just this I just question will clear. be answered in detail <laughs> just this specific question because i wasn't sure because these two seem to be the only ones bitter about it um that <laughs> they have a conversation uh, outside of this place sizer is talking to uh some rando who walked up to him and told him that his father has given us specific orders uh, and Sizer goes on a, oh, he's not my dad. He refuses to call me his son. I hate him. And then he chokes the man <laughs> and says, I don't have a dad. That's my sister, though. <laughs> and then he just throws that guy out of the ground. And uh, the guy's like, oh, you're the defiant one. <laughs> and he's so sad. He's just sitting there. And, like, Sizer choked this man hard enough that he is bleeding from his mouth. Uh, and Sizer just walks away and goes, yeah, I learned from the best. And um, then we hard cut to Jesse's motorcycle dad-ass face. <laughs> <laughs> He's got gray going, like, it, one streak of gray in his hair and in his mustache now, so you know he's older. He's actually in my character redesign of Rogue. God. <laughs> yeah. My OC, what if Rogue, instead of being, like, uh, a southern uh, girl, was a motorcycle dad? <laughs> was a gross old man? Great. With a fucking son of anarchy. That's a... <laughs> That's a necessary upgrade for that character, I think. And then we have some masterful plotting, where he is given a log, uh, and his log is like... He says, like, I am hesitant to put ch uh, Chase and Sizer into potential combat situations. I'm trying to convince myself is because I genuinely think they're ready. Yet one of, yet part of me wonders if my connection to them through my DNA has left me less than clear-eyed when it comes to assessing their capabilities. And he's like, oh, I clearly feel for these these children of mine. I'm, I can't let myself feel feelings, only the mission. But then Sizer walks past immediately after that as yes. he says... Actually, uh, they're simply experiments. <laughs> yeah, actually, they're just like what I'm trying to think of them as is just experiments, and that at some point we may just have to recycle them for parts, and that's the only reasonable conclusion. And then Sizer hears that and like storms off, and then of course Jesse goes back and says, "But that's not real. The truth is, I believe in them, <laughs> and I haven't believed in anything since Coheen Cambria died." And it's like Jesse. You're literally just being an asshole to like your two like your two kids. You're no. just being a dick. No, he's not. No, he's not. I want to be very clear about what he's okay. doing. He's being an asshole to thin air in order to <laughs> <laughs> in order to fabricate a plot. Yeah, like no. Like this like in terms of this scene, yes. But like also 
just it's been like 10 years since they built these kids and he has refused to be their dad the whole time i think that's kind of a dick move yes but it's a oh god it's a bad scene anyway it's just bad then we cut uh, to Donar the Storm Planet. Uh, I, I, we're skipping over some... Uh, this is all happening alongside other plots that we will get to in future episodes. But for this stuff, we next go to Donar the Storm Planet. There's uh, some really long story here about how some guy uh, was living on this planet when Ryan, uh, <laughs> like, just... Dist- <laughs> when... Basically, it's said that, like, Ryan was the cause of this whole storm situation. Because we cut to this planet and we see all these tornadoes and lightning and ruins of buildings in the water. uh, And, like, the last man on Donar refused to flee. So, uh, for his patience, he was uh, impressed. He impressed God, uh, who turned him into a giant sea serpent uh, who's in the waters. Same, really yeah honestly uh and they even the next part is they even claim that the dragon of donar resides in the clouds as well preparing to knock from the skies any foolish visitors and we see like a cloud shaped like a serpent (laughs) and then all the ships drive through it (laughs) yeah because it's just a cloud and then you just just get the red army ships so like Mayo's ship is leading this uh the ships are cool like like i said the environment designs are cool so you get this big uh, panel uh of Mayo's ship leading a whole army of other ships that are like flying into the storm i like Mayo's ship better than the rest of them which i guess Same. is appropriate uh but everything's really boxy in this universe uh which mm-hmm. ship wise but it's pretty okay it looks pretty good um it's a little weird for some of these ships but it works out. There's one down there that definitely just looks like a table with another thing on it that's flying sideways. It's a little weird. Uh, but we go to uh, Mayo, who is hanging out in his chair. Just chilling. Oh. Love his pose here. He's got one foot up on his knee. He's relaxed. <laughs> yeah, the scene begins, and it's just like Star Trek stuff, but obviously evil. So it's like, sir, all ships... <laughs> <laughs> Sir, all ships report having penetrated the outer atmosphere. <laughs> uh, it, you, yeah, it, good. Scanners on widest possible dispersal. Uh, we're still getting a, a lot of atmospheric resistance, sir. Ships are having enough trouble maintaining their positions, much less properly deploying scanners. Uh, and even at this level, the readings are... And then we get one of Mayo's... It's just, just, <laughs> he just you, you take this, because it's, it's worth it. <laughs> it's... He goes, Commander, you apparently have confused me with someone. Sir, uh, sir, I don't, uh, sir. Uh, <laughs> the person you have me confused with is somebody who gives a damn about your problems. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's, it's super funny because he says it in the least badass way possible. But the only reason it's phrased like that is so it can, like, cross over like panel to panel so it can like the hot second half of the line can be on a, a like dark close-up anyway it sucks um it's dumb um but the other guy is just like i'm gonna go pilot my own ship and look out there now uh and he's like yeah go away so we we cut back over to jesse's crew if it feels like this uh comic has added a lot of bullshit in order to hit like 12 issues you'll be you're, yeah weird. <laughs> Um, so for some reason, Jesse punches the two-way mirror when he's looking at Chase. Oh, nope, excuse me, Sizer, sorry, we're gonna do this forever. (laughs) 
Sizer punches yeah uh, so back on the grail armor Sizer punches the mirror and this is the opening to the scene he like punches the mirror and then Chase is like ah that's my brother <laughs> hello she just goes he gets cranky on occasion uh, I guess that's a two way mirror huh um and the doctor's like uh yeah it's, it's a two way mirror uh and she's like oh he stopped punching I wonder what made him stop and the doctor's like oh it, it must have been Inferno Jesse uh, and Chase goes, no, Jesse telling him to stop probably would have made him hit it harder. It was probably something else. And, and the then... look on her fucking face when she says it was something else. has <laughs> One eye is tiny and one eye is huge and open. And there's no reason for it. I, I feel like it's supposed to be a perspective thing, but he fucked it up so bad. Oh, it's not a good panel. It definitely it's not is good. Um I'm gonna assume this 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 comic didn't have like time for redraws. Like it's probably not, a, not. Probably done fairly cheaply. Uh, the Amory's War is not a bestseller, believe it or not. Uh, um, anyway, Sizer is behind the mirror, being comforted by Andrea, who's like the the Price, the who have apparently been on the ship the whole time. The like few Price that have been remaining, but haven't really been talking to anyone. They've just yeah. been keeping to themselves. Um, and they literally say we keep to ourselves, um, but we have to come out because events are transpiring, which, you know, just means plot, <laughs> plot, 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 just... destiny, 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 blah, blah, blah. I love anyway. that she just says events are transpiring. Like, huh, no shit, huh? And so she goes, events are transpiring. And while this conversation is going on, this that one guy who went into the other ship is like flying over the storm planet. And I'm like, yeah, I watched Attack of the Clones. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and they fly under the water, and they see the dragon. They see the dragon of the sh- of the of the um of Donar. They see the dragon. Oh no! It's the dragon. It's not. Wait! It's the Grail Arbor. And then the ship is like revealed, and there's a huge battle between uh like it's the big cliffhanger. They're about to have a big fight. By the way, this song in Keeping Sick and Silent Earth Three is about a battle. It's not this battle. We're not. It's there not yet. even this battle. <laughs> this fucking comic takes forever <laughs> oh my god and luckily it's all bullshit so it, it's fine we can uh, yeah we can at least skim past a lot of it because it's all bullshit that doesn't matter but also reading it is such a chore the next I, I before we get to like the the, the way the battle pro- progresses uh the next comic opens with a splash page of wilhelm ryan with jesse's head on a pike mayo shooting a revolver and a bunch of dead people under a red army soldier this uh, is like the bad guy version of one of these star wars posters yeah jesse's gross head on a pike it's really gross because they spare no expense on the blood here like there's the pile of bodies on the ground. There's a guy shot in the head. There's a guy who has a big hole in his back. It's just, it's just gross. There's no reason for it to be this gross. And obviously it's just like a tone thing of like, oh, if he could win, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, back on Donar, uh, the, the the battle is raging. The battle is raging. And Mayo's like, oh, attack them. Uh, are, there, are there any other vessels? We have to attack them. There's only one. Um but immediately, because apparently the Red Army are fucking useless, the Grail Arbor, which isn't like a huge warship, just destroys the first ship that found it. Uh, it's just like one shot. It's gone. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, sure. I guess that's how you could like try to make this look like it's a fair battle, because it's literally one ship against the entire Red Army. Uh, Mo's reaction to that one ship blowing up is amazing. There's a panel of him like 
bringing both his arms up and looking to the sky like he looks like he's having a fucking tantrum it's so good Uh, yeah yeah. um so so he yeah we we cut back to jesse uh and they like confirm it's 12 ships in the water versus his one um and they're gonna start fighting and as the red army ships approach there are more ships in the water we haven't known about because apparently Jesse has discovered alien technology that has allowed him to build ships out of, like, organic matter. Uh, So there's a bunch of ships that appear from uh, a dust cloud that are, like, in the form of a dragon's head or a serpent's head to kind of evoke that legend we talked about at the beginning. Um, And there's probably, like, a dozen of those that appear from nowhere, uh, and they're called the Sea Dragons. Uh, And they start firing upon the enemy ships. Yeah, they're basically like a... um... Like the self-defense mechanism while hiding there, he has built to these like weird organic dragon ships. Um, there's a cool panel. Uh, I say cool. There's a panel um, where he's like unleash the dragons, uh, which is the start of a bunch of motifs of them cutting, like cross-cutting between uh, Jesse, who's like lit in blue, and Ryan, who's lit, uh, and uh, Mayo, who's lit in red, and like they're facing each other, and it's meant to be this like squaring off of these two commanders who are like the leaders of their armies and yes but it's fucking this motorcycle dad and mayo like the amory wars isn't cool enough to actually support this right it would be like a cool cutscene if there were cool characters in it but jesse's just an asshole and mayo well his name is mayo i mean mayo's the cool like everyone loves mayo there's a reason we all love mayo we all love we and we need him we do Uh, need mayo uh so the battle continues the battle continues. Um, and suddenly they bring in what is called a jackhammer, uh, which is apparently a huge space war machine. And by the way, this battle is taking place underwater, uh, which is weird because these are spaceships, but they all just decide, nah, it works. So the jackhammer lands and it hits the ground. And what it's designed to do is, you know, kind of what a jackhammer does. It's fucking up the ground. It's it's not necessarily digging, but it is smashing the ground with enough force that it's creating an enormous current. Uh, so it's it's powerful enough that the waves, like, smash underwater mountains, and the, the Grail Arbor is in big trouble here. Uh, so it, it starts flooding. Yeah, uh, everything is going to hell. And so in one, like, last uh, desperate move, um, Claudio's narration is like... Um, uh, where's this narration? Yeah, uh, Claudio's narration is like... Of any moment in the whole of the insanity of those days, I wish I could have been on the bridge of Mayer's flagship then. He must have thought he was at the edge of victory. Could you imagine what he must have looked like when the Grail Arbor fired the price at him? (laughs) (laughs) So there's just a shot, like this panel of the Grail Arbor just firing what is left of the blue wives in there like currently they've got their wings underwater covered in like red armor with their you know swords up titties out let's go (laughs) Uh, (laughs) very explicitly the titty is out folks there's a there's a panel of them all standing around before they're about to go on this mission uh and the lead the lead price has some peak uh comic book like there's no bra but there has to hmm, hmm, hmm. how's that and, working i just noticed they're all wearing heeled boots oh of course they are they're really of course they are they make swimming better and yeah <laughs> it, it's very good for swimming um so they fly off they get fired out of the grail armor uh and they have these huge fuck off swords 
and they just start cutting the entire Red Army down while the Grail Arbor escapes. Yeah, because the um, price of like the Deus Ex Machina wife button. And yes. So the Grail Arbor gets away, uh, and then you get a big scene of Mayo being like talking to Star Wars hologram. Uh, I have failed you, General. Blah blah blah. Uh, and there's a good, <laughs> there's a good scene for it where he's like, they've gone away, and Mayo goes, "Oh, fantastic." Let me yeah. talk to Ryan. Guess I've got to deal with that, that now. Guess Mayo's I gotta tell him. Mayo's actually just like a put-upon office manager. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his best. He respects the company, but man. Man. Um. Uh, so Ryan is like glad. He's like, yeah, you, you did your job. You flushed out uh, the prize, and now I am going to take care of it. Um, which it's it's kind of strange you expect ryan to just be like ready to kill him but no we're gonna cut to the next part of this battle so then uh the gray alarm has escaped and they are coming on for the battle that we're actually here for the battle of silent earth they they hide on silent earth and they know that uh like they know that a confrontation is coming with ryan's forces um, yes and as claudia is narrating this we get just this really really strange uh panel transition where he's talking about what's going on in the Grail Arbor and the battle, it's blah, blah, blah. The narration's not important. What's important is it's, like, zooming further and further up, so it zooms away from uh, Neo's front lawn to, like, yeah. a shot of suburbia, to, like, a shot of the map of suburbia with the Grail Arbor in the same shape. And I'm like, what? What is the what, point? What is There's the no point th- of this? Why does... Why this? There's no, like, thematic connection between those two places. He's just narrating about them. That's not, like, a purposeful thing. Uh, also, he's invisible right now. Claudia has made himself Oh, yes, out. it started raining, so he phased him and the dog out, so it didn't rain on them anymore. Because he's really tough. <laughs> Which is a really good use of special boy powers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And so um, Jesse's like, we have to get, we have to be battle ready. We have to repair this thing. Yeah, and, um... They, they the prize show back up um they say that mayo's escaped um and there's a battle coming very quickly um she advises jesse hey you should probably be a dad and he's like mm, no i'm not gonna be a dad uh and uh in that there's like this pretty good part where um the prize like or like hey okay so what i need you to do for now is protect us for a bit uh and jesse goes you're demanding we protect you and she goes yep and he goes without offering explanation, and then she's just like, "I owe you no explanation. After all, I'm not your mother." And then the door closes in his face, and it's pretty good. But then there's like the shot of him looking at the door, like, hmm. <laughs> like that, "It's a pretty that, that, good scene." That final bottom panel. Uh, I want to say that this scene begins at like the shot, the panel of um, uh, Andrea walking in, like with Chase on the right and Jesse on the left, and the comic boobs on full display it's just a weird bit of posing yeah it's a lot and even though that like chase is explicitly like mentally exactly the same as all the other robots she still talks like a 10 year old they still like give her 10 year old voice they're like yeah the, it's the price of back father see all of them are back yeah it's really i don't know what he was going for here honestly uh, cause usually with this, you know, air quotes trope, they don't just act like kids for the most part, but I guess we're just gonna have a kid who's like, you know, mentally super old. 
I don't know. It's it's gross, honestly. I don't like it. I don't like this whole situation, but we're here. And then before this battle, because it, because the actual battle that we are now is now starting is like super really important at the fucking fake battle that we just spent 10 minutes on. Uh, Mayo is in the bridge of his ship reading a book, reading what they refer to as the hang on. <laughs> uh, uh, I just passed it. The Gonsgrad. Yeah, the Gonsgrad. G-H-A-N-S-G-R-A-A-D, which is the book that Claudio stole, I think. It um, is. It is the stolen book. He finds it just ten years later, hanging out in a barn. The mayor is reading the Gansgrad, and obviously it has the exact prophecy that is needed right now, that is like... Hang on, here you go. Here's, here's the prophecy. Woe betide all those who live upon the fence. For the crowing's judgment, once done, cannot be undone. His will be the power and the passion of the fire and the ice, but his arrival will not be unheralded. Instead, it will be presaged by the coming of the Vishwal. The Vishwal, a being of such immense power, capable of manipulating the very world around it, that its arrival upon the heaven's fence will let all thereupon know that the judgment of the crowing is imminent uh and it's, it's fucking chase it's clearly chase from the like yes <laughs> strange just all the descriptions it's chase it has to be chase so i th- i guess this is kind of the implied reason that uh jesse denied the growth to this thing to this to this girl uh mm-hmm. is because she's a special girl even if she even if jesse didn't realize it like there's there's that weird realization he has and then he doesn't let her have like the growth so I don't know something to go along with that. She's a baby, whatever. Yeah, she is the de- the special girl. We finally got a special girl, like an actual She's special girl. special girl. Yes, yes, well done. But there's some weird, fucked up her child. Look, it's not good, but you know the. It's not good, but yeah, we're here. <laughs> this is the representation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, extremely same. And so with the state, like the like destined state laid, uh, Ryan moves his forces to Silent Earth and. Silent Earth, A, just looks like Earth, apparently. (laughs) Even though Earth is already a canon planet somewhere else. (laughs) Earth is a planet that has been knocked out of the keywork and is off doing its own solar system thing, as you recall. All the ships, like, there's so many ships, there's a bunch of jackhammers, everything is, like, coming down on Silent Earth. Um, And, like, the issue ends with the, the shot of them flying in, like, from the angle of looking down on the planet and then begins with um looking up on the on the ships like coming like to the reader uh and it's very cool yeah uh, yeah and it it's continues a lot yeah and continues another, another page that continues the word like parallels of there's a, a panel of the the gray lava then there's a panel of, of mayo's ship and then jesse's being like uh we will kill them all and then mayo goes we will kill them all and his face looks weird <laughs> it's funny because they both said we will kill them all but then mayo goes and then tell the chef to prepare my lunch slaughter is hard work and i'll be famished afterwards which is like a weird bit of comedy to add before a big fight but okay i think he's just being an asshole too the best part about it is like okay so jesse goes we will kill them all tear my troops to prepare the battle for this day we do god's work um 
to no one. He just he just tells it to someone else. He's just in a corridor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's clearly stormed off ahead of the guy he was talking to. <laughs> and Mayo's line is like, we will kill them all. Fine. Uh, and then he goes, tell the chef to prepare my lunch. And you're like, haha, that's fine. That's an acceptable bit of comedy. And then there's another bit of slaughter is hard work and I'll be famished afterwards. And you're like, that's, you did it. You, you did the writing badly too much. <laughs> you too did much. too much. You fucked up the line. Too much joke. Um... And so Jesse stands, readies his army, and gives the speech. Uh, can you do Jesse? I want you to read Jesse's speech for me. Okay, God. Uh, he says, The enemy's upon us, as are all eyes in heaven's fence. We carry upon Interrupt, our shoulders. Interruption. Oh. No one knows about this. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, this is a secret fight. We carry upon our shoulders the dream of seeing the power of the Red Army smash and the grip of Wilhelm Ryan shattered. So go out there and show them what we can do. And then Sizer just goes, like, from the crowd, like some heckling idiot. Please. <laughs> and Ryan, or the look on Jesse's face is so pained. He's so like, fuck, really? Now? And he turns. It's funny because they show him turning when Sizer's, like, right in front of him. And, and he, he goes, What? He doesn't look like someone who's turning for, like, someone being annoying. He looks like he's murdering someone. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's going to kill Sizer. Um, and Sizer's just still doing, like, you should still tell us, please, because uh, you're asking us to risk our lives. And Jesse's just like, just go fucking do what I told you to do. Uh, and they just, it's so, the relationship here is so strange. They're just mad at each other all the time. Uh, and we're supposed to accept that, like, for ten years they were mean to each other. Uh, it, yeah, it's like, just it, so forced. It's not like a relationship that is hard to make. Like, yes, t- if you are raised to be a soldier from someone who wants you as a soldier but is, ref- like, refusing to admit you as a child because they don't want to hurt themselves. Like, yes, perfect sci-fi plot makes sense. Like, it's super obvious. And somehow they overshoot it. They overshoot it completely. He's just, he's too mad. Like, at some point he's too angry. Uh, both of them and it just it just doesn't play right um but uh and then he gets changed and then we have jesse in like power armor uh yeah and because this comic is fucking just takes forever uh we then cut to ryan's inspiring speech because mayo's there in his mayo has a helmet which only has half a helmet because i love it i love it it's so good He's got a cybernetic eye, and clearly the hard part of the helmet just links into the eye, and so there's just an eye in front of the helmet, like a robot eye, because he doesn't need a view screen on that side of the face, so he's just got half a helmet. It's really weird. He's got a half a helmet with another eye on it. It's lovely. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, but they Ryan, all, they all t- actually, Ryan actually shows up at the battlefield and gives his speech, talking about how you know, he is a god, and he has actually shown up today. Like, their god's not here, so you must understand that by my presence here, I'm displaying the way a god should act, so go fight for me. Yep, there's a lot of things in this comic about, like, uh, what is god really real? Like, my power is true in the absence of a god who doesn't care. My, like, the exist- my ability to conquest everything proves that there must be no god or that I must be him. But, and it's like, okay, this isn't, the- this isn't theology. You're not, like, this isn't, what are you, t- hmm. You're not doing uh, anything interesting here, Claudio. You're, you're treading very treaded ground. <laughs> yep. And so we, uh, basically, uh, end this segment as the battle begins. 
uh, we have like a big splash page of the entire army, the entirety of Jesse's army, which has apparently formed an orderly queue. Yeah, they're just hanging out. <laughs> they're they're just gonna line up and walk through this gorge. It's cool. Um, that's that's never been bad for anybody. No army has ever fucked up by like getting in a very specific space very quickly <laughs> that could get yeah. gunned down. That's never hurt anyone. Uh-uh. No, no, no. This is good. He's a good tactic, man. And he so learned every- a lot from Mariah before she died. <laughs> yeah, and the Rebellion's all there, and uh, Size is there, and the other iRobots are there, and they're all in like their armor, uh, except Chase, who's just in schoolgirl clothes. <laughs> yeah chase is in her outfit she's been wearing the entire comic sizer's in the outfit he's been wearing the entire comic which is just jeans a shirt and a leather jacket all right dude we get it but to be fair yeah he's not in that for long because he yeah. immediately transforms into the hulk <laughs> he he transforms into a fucking rancor <laughs> yes he like he basically jumps the queue as uh the red army open fire and he's like get out of my way and becomes this bone monster looking thing and reveal because if you remember gun arm all these irobots also have their own special powers uh and sizer uh sizer can just become a massive red bone hulk looking rancor thing uh apparently with a bunch of nose rings uh nose rings big yeah i guess i i I don't know they keep his nose under control (laughs) gotta cage that nose uh there are other he has blades on his arms. He's a big, scary man. That's what you gotta know. Yep. Uh, and so the other iRobots reveal their powers, and this fight gets into, like, a huge climax, and he's like, bring me Defton Wolf, bring me Ryan, and I will bring Triumph for Inferno! And then fucking Jesse's just like, oh, vanglorious idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking doofus. Uh, and then we cut to some other iRobots, uh, also known there is, uh, God, this Hack, uh, who has blades that come out of his arms he's not special at all because everybody else has already done this <laughs> but he can he can just cut through like their armor and he's just good at killing i guess it's not a special power for this world after like multiple characters with just blade arms with in addition to other things this guy is finally here to be the true blade arm <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the realest blade arm best blade arm in the biz uh, uh, and there's also uh, a lady named Many, M-A-N-Y, uh, who is very nimble. She's agile because she's the girl. Uh, and she can also split into multiple versions of herself that get progressively smaller. Uh, but they maintain the strength they had uh, at the at the regular normal human size. So we see like a shot of her standing next to progressively smaller clones, <laughs> like each holding up guns. And each, it's pretty funny. They each have guns which have remained the same size. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's the smallest one is like jumping into somebody's face and kicking their eyes. Oh. It's gross, but it's pretty. It's also kind of a good goof. And then we end today mid battle uh, on the reveal of Chase, who is being stared down by a bunch of red army soldiers who apparently in the middle of this battlefield in this completely abandoned planet i just think why is a schoolgirl wandered here you're not meant to be <laughs> why here is this, this girl battle. here they go who are you someone's daughter who wandered into a war by mistake yeah great you're fucking geniuses you deserve yeah, to lose this war she just goes <laughs> i'd like that i'd like very much to be someone's daughter uh but i am what i am and what you are is dead uh and then she lets out her special girl powers uh, and we get some narration here that says, and they will behold the power of the Vishul, 
who will be able to take that which is not of this world and make it violently not of this world. Reality will become unreality, and the victims of the visual's power will litter the battlefield. Uh, and the I think the part we should leave off on is Mayo absolutely fucking devastated that he just saw this happen, and he's like, oh, fuck, that prophecy is uh-oh. Not only is he doing that, he is giving us the first instance of... Uh, something which is much less frequent in this album uh, because of just the way the comic has worked but he just starts singing the lyrics and goes the visual the vision that bears the gift yeah (laughs) it's it it it's kind of the first time it doesn't feel hammered in and it's in the right spot for once uh because it was an issue in second stage that like towards the end of the issues they were like oh shit we forgot to put the lyrics in we should put these in back here uh, because they talk about like everything evil in issue eight. It's like, all right, <laughs> and yeah. So that is it. Do we have? That's it. We made it. We made it to the. We made it. We made it through the comic part. Uh, oh, that was a lot, folks. That was a lot. So basically, everyone is at war. It is a huge battle. <coughs> everyone is like tearing at each other, at each other, uh, and the prophecies are all coming true. Uh, if you know, there's a lot happening, and yet nothing has happened. Nothing's this- happened. Nothing's actually remain, happened. That will remain true this whole fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> but it is time to get into why we talked so long about this thing. Because we needed to get to the stuff that this song's about uh, and listen to In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Did Everyone, it. they did it. They learned they how to it. write songs. Whoa, we're oh. here. We're oh, here, and they can do it now. They played a song, and it wasn't just nearly nonsense. It's an It's got like a riff. It's got a theme. <laughs> it's got a chorus that bangs. It's fucking good. This song is amazing. is fucking fantastic uh i have been to uh a few coheed and cambria concerts uh two of which open with this song uh and it's so good it's so so good uh and you also get to scream man your own jackhammer uh which is fucking the best like it sounds stupid but then you do it and it's like this is the dopest shit in the world yeah, uh, I have also been live, like at a live show for the for the performance of the song. Um, I'm gonna like cut uh, as this song is playing in the background. If we get to the end, like the end chorus, that is gonna be from a live version because you need to, you need to know what the whole like crowd involvement is uh, with those choruses because it yeah, it goes it's hard. Super good. It's a lot. It's very energetic. Um, I it, outside of live versions, outside of that, because I have been forcing myself to listen to albums because I usually listen to live versions, the Neverender, because I have those CDs. Uh, but I've been listening to the studio versions, and this song sounds great on the studio version too. It, yep. It's really solid. 
yeah, it's a little slower, but it's uh, it's really good. I like the structure a lot. Um, after like, if you remember how long the medium to like six minute songs felt on, um, like this song is eight, almost nine minutes. Uh, and it doesn't feel anywhere near as long because it has an actual defined structure and doesn't just go from section to section based on what they want it. Like, you know, uh, it has like a, uh, a slow rise and comes to like a climax in the choruses and then a very kind of like down section where all the energy goes away and it like goes into these like variations on this idea and then fades out and then deliberately comes back up for a final climax. Like it, it has an actual deliberate structure um, which only really resonant resonant evil. <laughs> it's it's ten past midnight and I've been recording podcasts for about four hours today. <laughs> I listen, it's okay, I understand. <sighs> well yeah, but only really that like second section of everything evil gets to the like level that this song is at and they just start with it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really good because we're going to come across a couple songs uh, since I've been listening to this again. It's like, oh, they figured out, like, since we did those kind of, like, dives into the songs uh, for the podcast for the first, like, I guess, season, we'll call it. Um, it I, I have a greater appreciation for them learning from that first album uh, because there are some songs that are just better versions of those songs. They took what was good and then made it into a song. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those... No, this this might not be one of those. But it's less specific. Like you can hear the improvements, but there's no there's no bad version of this song on the other album. It's like right. It is a song that they would repeat basically every album. There is a big long opening track with a riff and a huge chorus. Like it's what their biggest single is. Is like a riff on this idea. Yes. Um, and I was going to say that, like, with the length of the song, uh, specifically, like you were saying, we were complaining that, like, Neverender was way too long, and that was, like, a six-minute song, and this one almost goes nine, and I, if they did another chorus after the last one, I probably <laughs> wouldn't be upset, even. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it just goes to show that more, like, deliberate song structuring is a good thing. <laughs> Turns yes. out song structure exists for a reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, they learned a thing. Another thing that I think about with this song and this album as a whole is I remember in the first episode I talked about how it is like a, a, a kind of genuine album um, even and like isn't doesn't have a bunch of uh, like irony that I associate with other kind of like fallout by type stuff like the lyrics feel very honest which i should probably elaborate because that's not true obviously there's a layer of this is all the story bullshit that like completely obfuscates anything but in the actual songs the actual like this song feels like a huge battle in a way that even the comic doesn't because the comic fucking sucks um but the actual like rise to the climax of oh you're yelling man you're in jackhammer this bad which by the way it is a great chorus that everyone always read as the like um line of defense yeah. it's like you are this you are fighting a dying battle that's what this song comes across as is this very big resistancey song and the jackhammer is on the bad guy's side fuck you claudio yeah fucking a we we were reading the comic i got so upset uh when we find out the jackhammer is a uh is an enemy ship because in my head before it was like a good guy's mech or something like that it yeah. sounds very cool. It sounds uh, like, oh shit, they're at the gates. We've got to get into our 
like jackhammers yeah, you, gotta, you gotta man ourselves. the jackhammers you gotta man the battle stations uh, it's clearly also like resistance good. call to arms song and they fuck yes. it up in the comic and even in the story <laughs> but like my point is that the songs themselves this is the album where you get the the actual feeling of not necessarily the story that is being told but the suggestion of a story the idea of like you can transplant the narrative of this song onto your idea of what a sci-fi movie is what a big battle scene is you can make yeah. those connections and, it, and through this album there's a lot of that and you understand how people suddenly can fall into caring about this comic something like everything evil frankly i mean that's uh, that's it's... hey the good song on the first album turns out <laughs> yeah it turns out that that's one we're going to come back to and talk to about a little bit um i will say that like june song provision at least the opening kind of suggests something but it doesn't have the same kind of like i'm telling a story to you feel uh that in keeping secrets or everything evil or even the, every song coming up projects a story well, it's uh, not, and it's, it's... It's not necessarily the, like, storytelling feel. I would say it's more like a feel of genre. Uh, this feels like it is something epic. A lot of the songs, like, lyrically, are just, this is a relationship song, because all songs are relationship songs, usually. Um, but when they do really, like, what they do really well with the music in this song and uh, in Everything Evil um, and in, like, Welcome Home and other songs coming up is the the music makes it feel like it's actually, like, it evokes this feeling of a huge story even if that isn't what's there but because the feeling is there when you listen to the song that's all you need to carry you through right yes yes no yeah i i know what you're talking about yeah song owns song owns so song, song fucking owns um do you want to read some lyrics from in keeping secrets of silent earth 3 because it's uh, still listen folks it's still bullshit <laughs> i'll cop uh, to that yeah so the chorus is like really good man you're wrong jack man your battle stations and that's really good but hmm. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just please read a verse please read a verse um or even that bridge part. I think we've got to get. I think we've yes, we've got to get. I'm going to read this whole bridge because there's yes, a lot of there's please. a lot of shit in this bridge. Um, the navigator, the pilot, her favorite, the one they call the vision that bears the gift. Will, do the children really understand the things you did to them? And why, oh why, should they conjure up the will for you, my love? I would kill him. 
We're coming home pretty soon. Coming home. In the seventh turning hour, with a victim's shadow full, should the irony grow hungry, with the victory and all they sought for, we were one among the fence. One among the fence. <laughs> what does any of that mean? Like, there's more. There's more to hold on to. There's like, okay, uh... Yes, that's a, okay. The navigator, the part I know what all that means, but the one they call the vision that bears the shut up. I prophecy. <laughs> And th- and then this is clearly from like Jesse's perspective, and he's like addressing Ryan as Will. <laughs> he calls him Will. It's like, st- strange. Is like not a weird, like not a strong enough word because they've been calling him Wilhelm Ryan this whole time, and for the familiarity of calling him Will. And also, the idea of children has been invoked in this story about the iRobots, about Jesse, about, not about Jesse, about Sizer, about Chase, and that continues through the next songs. But this just means children as in people among the fence. This just means, gen- like, there's no consistency to the things that it's referencing, to the terms, to the, like, m- motifs in the album. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, the lyrics are still lyrics. Of the f- they favorite. are still these lyrics. Like, d- listen, if you were here for that, oh, folks, it is still here but you're gonna have to listen to us talk about way more comic this time because i've listened to this album more and because it's just more of a favorite i can read this and go oh this is talking about this bit like there's a section here where it's clearly from Sides' perspective which is talking about how much he loves chase because in the lyrics it it sounds like he wants to fuck chase Um, it's yup he sure does and we're going to talk about that a little bit more later yeah (laughs) because next episode it's kind of amazing what actually happens with that Ah, and then there's a bit where he's like, ah, for you, I'll do anything just to make you happy. Hear them tell me that you're proud of me. For them, I'll kill anything. Cut the throats of babies for them. Break their hearts for they were them. Which, I don't know what break their hearts for they were them. I didn't misspeak. That's a real line. That's That's, actually the line. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, the, like, it gets away with it enough because the moments, like... Man, your own jackhammer is a thing that is yelled, and you can hear it. Like you're like, oh, he didn't put that not like the in the lines that matter. It is saying generally evocative stuff. Like yes, it goes uh, a bunch of nonsense, and then he just sings one among the fins over and over again. And you're like, oh, okay, that's like an actual feeling. That can get a feeling from that line. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good song. It's it's it's, it's a, good a song. really good song. It's, just it's really good. good. And I think that is our longest episode yet by far. Oh god, by far. This is, this one's probably going to be with like all the music well over an hour. Oh yes, no, inc- if, including the outro because I'm going to play the song at the I play the song at the end oh, of yeah, every yeah. episode. Oh yeah. Every episode like the episode ends and then I play the song in full if you haven't listened to it and you'll get to do that. It'll be long, but no. Oof. please let us know if uh, this was too much I, I don't think episodes are going to be this long but in general we are going to be Every- slightly more detailed with our uh with our look at the comic because we've yeah. got the extra time from the two weeks i don't have to it just gives us more space yes and um also we should give a score to this song as uh, as we do on the show the amory score it's it's a ten. It's a ten. It's, I, fucking, was, it's one of was, my favorite songs of ever, it's it's one of my favorite songs of all time. I love it. Uh, I was I was gonna say nine. I'm gonna give it a nine. Okay. Well, it's a ten. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is that good. There there are only a few songs I I would consider like on the same. Like this is my favorite album. A lot of people have the next album as their favorite, but like which is understandable. Yep. These are the two albums that everyone really likes. <laughs> Yeah, these these are you know these are their best two albums. It's true. Uh, they they still put out good stuff. 
Sometimes. But it's it's not um it it's not in keeping secrets and it's not good Apollo. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it's okay. They so, they're doing other stuff now. Yeah, so after weeks of being mocked for enjoying this band who are shit i this is them when they're good if you don't like it now i guess fuck you but yeah if you don't like it now you're probably not going to like it if you get through this album and go no then you're not going to like anything else they've done i i promise you uh you can find me at your friend molly with a y-e-r on twitter uh you can find me at audioentropy.com where i do a slew of other podcasts uh you can find me at patreon.com slash molly reinbeck and the link is on my twitter profile you can find me at headfuls off on twitter you can find the podcasts uh, i put out at abnormalmapping.com we have abnormal mapping which is a game club we have second officer slug which is a star trek podcast and we have uh, give zone which is a mental health podcast uh they are all on that website they have their own domains but i'm, I'm rushing through i'm rushing through it's okay uh, i know i know stay strong uh you can support this podcast if you like it please support us because i'm gonna have to have a hell of editing work this week <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a lot i'm sorry i know it's fine uh and uh you can support us at patreon.com slash abnormal mapping that is it we are out of here man your own jackhammer blah, man blah, your blah, own blah. jackhammers man the battle stations etc <laughs> etc cetera, et cetera. we're coming home I'm we're coming die. home <sighs> He's a dog.
Truth.